people, this is the Real Talk Real Walk family and we are back again with yet another episode. Yeah. Another episode full of energy and juice. Come on. Come on. Another episode full of knowledge and scripture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Another episode full of debates, opinions and encouragement. Come mm. on. Another episode where we are here to drop some revelations. That's right. Yes. Another episode of Can I Chime In? Can I Chime In? Mm, piggyback. <laughs> Back with myself, Cabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Aura. And we are the Real Talk Real Walk family. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are currently. Right, so today, guys, we're going to do something different. Um, we're going to start a little series on on on, on discipline. Um because I feel like discipline is such a big thing, just for us as individuals, us as Christians. And I think, yeah, it's definitely something we should probably touch upon. And I think it would obviously go beyond just one episode. So we'll try and do a series to to cover discipline within different areas and different aspects of our life. I think the most important area, probably the most important one to start, is probably discipline within the faith. Um, so, so how we apply discipline and how we remain disciplined um uh within within our walk within our faith and and everything that kind of relates to 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 our faith um so to get the, to get the ball rolling guys i guess the easy question to start with what 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 is what is what does it look like to be disciplined within our faith what does what does discipline look like what what is discipline i'm going to start with you Oro. ah okay <laughs> okay so i think for me um how I would define discipline is to make sure that all aspects of our lives are glorifying to Christ. So that includes, um, you know, how the Bible says your body is a temple. So that includes what we eat, making sure that we try and eat as healthy as possible so that we can live long. Obviously, that includes um, who we sleep with, who we lay down with. Obviously, the the fornication, everybody knows all about that stuff. What we put into our bodies. So also like how much alcohol you're consuming if you're someone who consumes alcohol are you a smoker i would hope not etc it's just making sure that in all aspects of your life even at work it's a big one that i always struggle with when i'm feeling lethargic and i'm starting my standards at work are starting to slip i always try to remind myself kind of like what the bible says about working as unto the lord again that's discipline making sure that Mm. you're constantly submitting good quality work because you're doing it as unto the lord in your if you're in your relationships with your friends, making sure that you're a genuine and good friend because a real friend sticks closer than a brother, etc. Like all of these different scriptures and how they talk about how we're supposed to carry ourselves, I would say discipline is ensuring that all aspects of our lives um, are glorifying to God. Mm. Now I like what you said there. I think you definitely you almost covered discipline in all areas, which is good. Which is good. Which is good. A step ahead, but it's good. But now let's solely focus on on the faith aspect. Um, so solely focus on on Christianity. Um, definitely, when it comes to discipline within Korea, that's probably an episode in itself um, within within this little series. But on on the faith itself is probably a great way to start. And obviously, it's good that you mentioned some of the areas like the smoking and fornication and that sort of stuff. And it's probably um, stuff we would we'll probably cover off within within this conversation. Um, go and go and order it back. Um, probably to the to the foundation, probably to the fundamentals. How how do we remain disciplined in being a believer? 
I think it's probably let's probably cover as many areas within our, our growth. I would say so from uh, a baby Christian to you know uh, a mature Christian. Some people might not like the word mature Christian, but I'm going to use that one for now. Um, so just going, going through the stages. So from the from the very very beginning. How how do we remain disciplined just as a believer? Because obviously we not obviously because it's not obvious, Gabs, but we do find that you know within this walk it can be challenging, it can be difficult at times. You know we've we've just gone through a pandemic, we've just gone through several issues, and you know it's it's a lot of these things can easily have an impact on our faith. A lot of the things that we go through within life, irrespective of the pandemic, a lot of things can obviously test us. A lot of things can obviously have an impact on us and, you know, make some people want to denounce the faith or want to step down from the faith or may no longer want to continue preaching the gospel as much as they did because of, you know, the, the tribulations and trials that may come our way. So from the just from the very, very like um, foundation, fundamental aspects, how, how do we kind of remain disciplined in, in just being a believer, just to start off with? Um, Iman, you probably uh, uh, start on it. Um, so... Very good question. Um, and yeah, or definitely gave us high level um, answer. But I think for f- fundamentally for a, a baby believer, when you come into the faith, the first thing is you you have to be grounded um, and and begin your journey of what it means to be discipled. So Jesus goes around in his ministry, he calls Simon Peter and his brother and says, look, you know, you guys are fishermen, but I'm, uh, you guys are fishermen. You guys, you know, you fish after fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. Um, and so I'm going to teach mm. you how to use this principle that you've used, you know, in your daily life. I'm going to teach you how you can use that and, and grow in the knowledge of me, but also do what I need you to do as my disciples. And so ultimately Jesus taught the, the disciples, he instructed them, he gave them foundational truths, he grounded them in the doctrines of the kingdom of God. And that's literally how they matured in the faith. And so if anyone, you know, um, discipleship is not just for, because I think there's a common misconception that discipleship is just for um, uh, for, for young believers and for believers who've just been in the faith for, for a short period of time. We are all disciples of somebody. And so we all we all have to sit under some sort of teacher. Yes, Holy Spirit being our first teacher, but then we also have to sit under tutors who have gone ahead of us in the faith that can ground us in teachings that will build us and edify us. So I think of things like, you know, starting with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He discipled his disciples in foundational truths. And we can find stuff like in Hebrews 6, where Paul the Apostle is talking about, you know, six or seven uh, key fundamental doctrinal truths like baptism, um, eternal judgment, uh, the faith. um, What other stuff is there? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but in Hebrews six, I believe, yeah, there's like six, seven foundational doctrines that that Paul the apostle deems as essential for every believer. Like you can't be a believer and not know these basic foundational truths. And so, like, I think especially now, like, where there are a lot of Christians doing a lot of stuff, there's a lot of churches doing a lot of stuff. 
it's very easy to get carried away with Christian semantics and Christian words and Christian mm. phraseology and stuff like that. But then when you ask a when you ask a believer, what does salvation mean? What 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 do the scriptures say about salvation? You don't know. What does the scripture say about baptism? You don't know. What does the scripture say about eternal judgment? You don't know. Yeah. What does <laughs> you know? What does the scripture say about the Holy Spirit? You don't know. All you know is scriptures about wisdom and prosperity. Like Omar, that one is the, that one is not really gonna get you far. It's good, yeah. Wisdom is great, but what is the core? What is the fundamental of your faith? And that's why when the when the church was start when the church started when the early church started after Pentecost, which we recently celebrated, we see that you know in their time when it first started, we see that the apostles were simply committed to preaching Jesus and Him crucified and everything that pertained to His life. So. You know, just to end this part of my answer, I think that it's important that we just get grounded in the essentials. So for to begin our Christian discipline journey, first, let's get grounded in the essentials of our faith. You know, one of the, yeah, one of the um, words that literally just now you just said was Jesus was committed. And I think commitment in itself is a big thing, which is probably what stops people from moving to the next level or what stops people from going deeper within their knowledge. So right. I, I, I certainly do hear when you say, you know, some people can can talk on wisdom, some people can can talk on prosperity, but they may not necessarily talk on the fundamentals which you speak of. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that, could, that could be because of what the church is feeding us, potentially. It could be, you know, what we've learned in church or what we've learned from the sermons we watch on YouTube. We don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely do hear that. But I think when you when you did mention being committed, I think that's when it kind of, I started thinking, okay, cool. In order to be committed, it certainly takes a lot of discipline in order to be committed. It takes a lot of strength in order to be committed. And I think, how 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 do we even get to that level where we can be committed? How do we get to that level where we, we can be disciplined enough to want to go deeper within our knowledge of Christ, of the gospel. Mm. Um, especially for like people that have, you know, maybe been Christians for a while. They've served in church for a long time. It, it gets tiring for some people. It can get long for some people. Or, or they might feel like, you know, they're being judged a bit too harshly than some of their friends. And, you know, that can obviously be quite overbearing sometimes. But there's a lot of obviously factors that can happen within within the world, within society that can have an impact on, on us as Christians being actually committed. But, you know, as, as Eamon's obviously saying, how do we even get to that place where, where we can be that committed to go deeper with, within our knowledge? Well, I would say that first, let's look at the word commitment. Commitment, the concept of commitment is about making a choice. Um, if we look at, you know, a relationship, a marriage, whatever, you know, your your job like you sign a contract and it says these are your commitments these are this is what we require of you this is what you're you're signing up to do in marriage you you give your vows those are your commitments to your spouse um you know as a parent there's a commitment that you have to your child um you know there's so many areas of our lives where we are committed to something and this commitment or these commitments are choices that we have to intentionally intentionally make about those particular things so if you want to grow in god there are intentional choices that you have to make on a daily basis you can't grow and not be praying you can't grow and not be reading the word of god you can't grow Mm. and not find yourself in fellowship and so you've got to make the choice 
to do those little things. Because I think when people say, I want to go deeper, people think, I, what I find interesting about the deep things in God, they are found when we do the simple things. That's one thing I found about this Christian walk. The deeper things come when we find ourselves doing the simple things. Jesus is like, whoever wants to be greatest in the kingdom, you've got to humble yourself like a child. Jesus didn't say, you know, you have to put fast, do dry fast for 60 days or 365 days, give, you know, a thousand denarii or whatever currency they were using in their time and all manners of stuff. He was like, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you've got to humble yourself like this child. It's everything that we think is big about God is found in the simplicity of his nature. So for as a, as a believer, if you do want to grow, you have to stick to the. If you want to, you where everyone's back in the gym now, or a lot of people are back in the gym now, should I say? And you want you know that if you want to get that summer body, you want to get the results. You have to be committed to the plan, and that doesn't mean mm. that there's not going to be bad days. But what commitment means is that even when days don't go the best or they don't go the way you planned you still stick to it. Yeah, you had a bad day at work or yeah, you didn't eat right or yeah, your leg might be hurting you a little bit and you might have to change your workout, you know, just a, a, a little bit or you may not be able to go as hard as you want to. That's fine. But the fact that you still turn up to the gym shows yourself and shows will show everyone in due time with the results that you were committed to the process. And that's what the Christian faith is all about. It does not mean that life will be rosy. Jesus promises us that we will face challenges. But what, what, he, what he also desires and requires of us is that we obey him and we follow him. And that says, you know, you know, there's that song, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. That decision to go, you know what, despite what's going on around me, despite what's going on ahead of me, despite the pandemic, despite me losing my job, despite me arguing with somebody, despite me having a fallout with somebody or things just not going the way that it wanted to go, you know what? I'm, there's no turning back. I'm following Jesus and that's that's the only way for me. I think, mm. I think that's true, but I also think that um, discipline in and of itself, I really do think it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think to have, it's almost like to have discipline requires discipline in the first place because it's really a skill that needs to be mastered. It's almost like, like you gave the example of the gym. I think discipline is almost like a, it's like a muscle that you need to exercise in order to get better and get stronger mm. having discipline. And I say mm. this because as you quite rightly mentioned the gym, I, and I think that's a really good example to use to understand how discipline works and how some people have discipline and some people don't. And it's, it's one of those things that you actually just need to work on. For mm-hmm. example, I will say I'm going to go to the gym and I will go through periods where I'm so on it in the gym, I'm eating salads. And then one day I'll just decide like, I really, this is too, it's too hard. It's too mm-hmm. much work for little gain. I'm, I'm losing like, I don't know, half a, half a pound a week and I want to lose more and it's just not working out for me. So then I just stop. I lose the consistency of the gym and I lose consistency of eating healthy and then I no longer see the results. And I think, for a lot of people, when it comes to, you know, even just staying in the word and things like that, like the discipline is just not there because mm. it's, even like, even you said marriage, even in marriage, like as much as it's a commitment, you constantly have to go before, well, I constantly have to go before God and be like, okay, this commitment, in order for me to maintain the commitment, I think I need um the Holy Spirit to help me here because you, like all of us are married. You can't say that every single day 
you want to be married or you want to do the right thing before your wife or before God. Because we all know that when human nature steps in, it's the reality is not like that. You know, sometimes you just want to be selfish, you want to do something for yourself. And so I think that it's the same with a Christian walk. In order to have that discipline, the Holy Spirit almost kind of gives you an extra, a bit like he gives, the Holy Spirit will give you the push to continue to keep coming back before him every day and being like, okay, God, today I'm going to choose you. I need your help. And then the next day, you come back again, Holy Spirit, please help me so that I can come before you the next day and the next day and the next day. I don't know if I've articulated what I'm trying to say well. No, do you know what? I like that, you know. I do like that, or I must say. Um, yeah. You mentioned about, you know, you can be consistent in gym and then one day you might just, you know, feel, you might not, you might be less interested because you're not getting, you're not seeing the results that you want to get. Exactly. Um, let's, let's obviously explore that a little bit and obviously let's kind of relate it to the faith now, yeah? Um, what What kind of leads you to you know, have that thought? Or is it is it predominantly just you're not seeing enough results and you're putting in too much work, so it's kind of a waste of time? Well, you, you mean when you go to... Sorry, can you repeat the question? As in, like, is there, is there a, 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 a thought process that, or is there a conversation that happens in your mind when you get to that point where it's just like, I can't be asked anymore? Or is it as simple as, I'm not seeing the results, as, I'm not seeing as much results as I want, so I can't be bothered anymore? I think it's a bit of both. It's a combination of, to be honest, I don't even like the gym in the first place, which I guess doesn't necessarily work with a Christian walk because most of us are here because we love God. And so the fact that we love God sometimes will keep us coming back until life gets hard. And then it's kind of, yeah. With the gym, it's like, I don't even really like going to the gym in the first place. I just do it because I know that it's the right thing to do and it keeps me healthy. Trust me. It's very, very easy to get demotivated because I don't even like it in the first place. So all I have to do is be like, I can't, I'm not doing this today. And then once you start skipping one day, and it's the same with reading the Bible. Once you lose that streak on the Bible app, it's like sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, then I have to go back to it tomorrow. And if you, if you then miss too many days, it then becomes hard to get back into the habit again. Takes you out of your rhythm. Yeah, no, for real. I definitely hear that. Especially with the Bible app where it kind of counts your numbers um, for however many times that you've been reading in a row. And you can easily get demotivated if you've like, you've reached, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, 150 days and then you miss the, the next day and you've got to start all over again can be a bit demotivating and stuff like that but I think this is definitely good to explore so even with like reading a word let's even start we can start with reading a word and then maybe progressing onto prayer and, and, and so forth um, do you think that there is a, a, a thought process that happens is there a conversation in our minds that kind of deters us from continuing to read the word or that stops us from reading a word consistently so the same way you know Ori mentioned about you know stop not being interested in going to the gym anymore and um, because you know she's not seeing her results can that s- similar thing apply to when it comes to like reading a word or is there something that can deter us from being disciplined within our word yeah that was a caveat where i was saying most of us are here because we love god so therefore it's a bit more of a motivating factor but when it comes to reading the bible for example sometimes some texts are really hard to understand so for example for me Every year or most years, I'm like, I'm going to do the Bible in a year. And because the Bible in a year, sometimes it's um, it will take you all the way from Genesis all the way through to, to Revelation. And then you get to books like Leviticus and it's just rules and rules. And you have to come back every day and you're reading all of these rules. I think sometimes it then becomes easy to fall out of the habit because those books can be quite hard to grapple with. So maybe in that situation, some people can can lose discipline 
Mm, yeah, that makes sense. On that, on that, yeah. Is reading the word supposed to be fun? This is not directed to you, Ora, but just in, in general, because I do I do kind of hear it. And like even from like for me growing up, I've never really been excited or interested in reading the Old Testament. Like Old Testament has never really been my bag. Like there's some people that they just love the Old Testament, that like, they love all the stories and they can literally just sit there and just read it like a book. Um, whereas for me, I've more or less always kind of been more of a New Testament individual. Um, so I'll definitely hear it with reading like Leviticus and, and some of the books within within the Old Testament. And it's never really stuck out to me as, oh, yeah, this is exciting. Like, let me read. All these stories has never been like, you know, any amazing stories that I'm excited to read. I think for me, reading the Old Testament is more of reading it to gain knowledge rather than reading it for excitement. So I definitely hear the whole, yeah, you can get to a certain book and it's just like, oh, a bit a bit kind of demotivating or demoralizing, whatever the word may be. Um, but even on that, like, how 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 do we kind of overcome that that feeling of, oh, I kind of have to read the Old Testament and and avoiding the the pl- getting into a place of discouragement? Hey, um, Ema, do you want to talk on it? Oh, go on, Ara, what was I going to say? No, I said that's a good question. I don't necessarily think that the reading the Bible needs to be fun, but it does. I think it needs you need to be able to understand what you're reading so that you can apply it, so you can understand the character of God more. And then when you understand the character of God more, it's easy to apply that to your life. It's easy to understand why certain things are happening. So no, it doesn't need to be fun, but it does need to, you do need to be able to understand it. And sometimes without the right tools, like the right um, Bible study guides, etc., it might it's a lot harder to understand it. And then that's how people can fall off. Um I, I, I yeah, because the word the word because I'm trying to think when when you say fun, what what do you mean fun? Um, are we supposed to enjoy? Okay, so it, when you put it like that, I I absolutely believe one should, and why I say that is because, um, Timothy Paul writes to Timothy saying that um all scriptures are inspired by God. Um, the word inspired there, um. It's the Greek word that means basically means God breathed. And so God um, inspired writers to write text, um, texts based on whether it's revelation, whether it was based on actual stories that they went through or actual stories that happened or just revel- in the New Testament more about revelations of Jesus Christ and, you know, uh, fundamental understandings of him. And I think that when I read the Bible, for me to know that I'm engaging with this God, this God that I believe in by faith, um, I'm always, before I read, I, I always ask Holy Spirit to open my eyes or to speak to me or to teach me as I read the text. And so, yeah, it, like, for example, you know, or as said, you know, Numbers, like Deuteronomy, Leviticus, you know, they are not the greatest books to read. Like Numbers is just the numbering of Israel. So it's just a bunch of numbers and the tribes of Israel and stuff like that. And then you've got Leviticus, you know, um, which is kind of like God describing the Levitical order. You've got Deuteronomy. If you do this, I will bless you. If you don't do this, I will curse you. And I will curse you with this. And I will curse you. Like, literally, like, it's like, ah, this is a lot. But then when you read it in the grand scheme of things and you read the stories that are supporting what's going on, you're like, bro, this is mad. And you read how one soldier... In, in one battle was able to 
to kill 850 people. And then you read of someone like David who goes to do something with Bathsheba and then, you know, um, then goes to call her husband back and says, look, sleep with your wife for one more night, knowing that the next day he's going to send him to the front of the battlefield. And people get excited about Blue Therapy, which I haven't even watched yet. I don't even ever think I'm going to watch it. But people, you, we watch this and you watch Real Housewives of Atlanta and you're like, wow, wow, wow. But then, right, there's literally a mad, like if you want excitement, you find it in the scriptures. If you want things that will make you sober, you'll find it there. If you want uh, poetry, you'll find it in the scripture. You want prophecy, you find it in the scripture. You know, you want wisdom, you find it in the scripture. So there's so much in the scripture, you know, for someone to to find and to encounter God in. But it's all about asking Holy Spirit to to take you on that journey. And yes, there's some there's sometimes where there's scriptures that are very hard to grasp. And like sometimes I just sit down on one verse. I'm like, what on earth does this mean? I get my concordance out. I'm reading the Greek. I'm reading the Hebrew. It doesn't make much sense. I go and do my research online. I'm reading pages and pages of writings and stuff like that. And it seems like, where am I going with this? But in the end, it's because what this is doing is fueling my hunger to want to know God more. Mm, do you know, I think that's, I think that's definitely maturity in you, bro. I think it's definitely um shows and evidences your maturity i think you mentioned you know uh blue therapy i think a lot of people will rather watch blue therapy than read the bible um, <laughs> because because of, the, because of the level of excitement that it brings and the level of excitement that it offers people um which is why you see everyone on the TL going crazy about it and so forth i mean you don't see as many people going crazy about the scripture mm. which doesn't surprise me at one one bit at all but i yeah. think from from what you've from what you've shown and what you've said, there's there's definitely a, a level of maturity that's required in order to be excited by the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I certainly do agree with both of you in that the Holy Spirit actually does need to do a work within us, which is which which essentially draws us and makes us passionate about reading the Word, which makes us passionate about um, wanting to grow, which makes us passionate about you know learning learning from the Word and actually understanding it and 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 it sitting deep within within our spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly do think, yeah, maturity, maturity is required, and I think that's that, that's probably the, the place that you know um, a lot of us need to get to, where where we can respond in 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 such manner, and and by that I mean um, we are in, we have an interest within the scripture, and that interest comes from one our level of maturity, and two, you know, the Holy Spirit that's obviously drawing us to the scripture. Um, easier said than done, of course, mm-hmm. um, because we know. You know the world society things happen. There's there's various different extraneous variables that can deter us from from kind of getting in that scripture or kind of praying or or, or doing these various different things. Mm-hmm. So so how do we remain disciplined when it gets to that point when when it becomes tiring or or how do we remain disciplined when it comes to that point where it's becoming repetitive? Um, because I'm sure we all might have been there when you know. We've we've been serving the church for a very very long time. We've been we've been playing church open quote close quote for for several years now. We've been ministering for several years now, or we're we're at the forefront, and there's there's a there's an added pressure on us because we're the the Christian within our socials, we're the Christian within our circle. Um, so ultimately, people are going to look at us differently. People are going to judge us differently. Um, so to kind of maintain a high level of discipline, to kind of maintain that high level of of relationship with with god and and that high level of of faith i would say can can get challenging sometimes so how how do you both 
maintain that level of discipline within within your faith. I think it's probably good to talk on that a little. Ooh, that's a good question. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Hey. We can hear you. Don't buy time. All right. Trust Don't me. buy Trust time. Me. <laughs> Trust me. Can we hear you? Can we hear you? <laughs> no, it's because I couldn't see the um the sound oh, moving. That's why I was I was asking. Um, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about asking the Holy Spirit. Like I'm very honest in my walk with God, kind of the same way I, I am on this podcast where I just kind of say what I'm feeling within reason. But with God, obviously I'm I'm no holds barred. So if I get to a place where I'm just not, I'm f- feeling demotivated and I'm struggling, I'm very honest and I'm like, God, I know that I'm not doing the best that I can be doing right now. Can you, I need the Holy Spirit to help me, to motivate me. And even it's like, um, someone in the Bible, is it Thomas? I don't want to misquote. The guy that's like, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah, um, yeah. That's how I am with God. So it's like- The man whose son was ill. Yes. So it's like, if I'm in a place where it's like, I want to do better, but help me do better. Um, that's kind of what I would do. And then slowly and surely the motivation will come again. Also, sometimes I you just have to push yourself and you just have to get up and do it. It's like with the gym. If you don't want to go to the gym, once you wake up and you just put one foot in front of the other and your legs start walking, before you know it, you're at the gym already. You might not have a great day. Like So sometimes I might read like two verses and it's just a fumble. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I feel getting there every single day, trying to read one verse at a time. I'd say um, for me personally, anyway, um, I'm in absolute agreement with Aura. My personal relationship with God is um, absolutely um, honest and transparent. I'm very honest and transparent with God. And I think that's what gives me the freedom when, why I love him so much is because there's a freedom that no one else can give, you know, friends family my wife you know whatever it is god gives me allows me that freedom that bruh i've only you know maybe the last maybe six years coming to to the deeper reality that this is this is something that's real and so how come how can we when someone is tired when someone is frustrated it's kind of like when god is talking to one of the churches in the in the new testament where he's saying look guys return back to your first love i think that when there's tiredness and there's frustrations and stuff stuff like that it's because either there's it 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 could be many things but one of the main things or some of the main things that i've i've seen for a lot of believers is because we're either carrying a lot of burdens or we've put a lot of other things in front of jesus so kind of like the scenario in the gospels with mary and martha where the sisters um, and Jesus goes to their house, you know, he's a close family friend of theirs. And, you know, uh, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha is cleaning the house and she's cooking for the people in the house and everything. And then Martha comes to Jesus and kind of like harassing her sister, like, look, why is Mary sitting down? Come and be cooking as well. And Martha, um, Jesus was said to Martha, Martha, why are you worried about many things? Like, the pe- like if people even if people were hungry, nobody asked you to make food. Why? Because people were sitting at my feet getting the food that they needed. And that was the food that would would give them eternal hope. That was the, the food that would give them eternal joy. And they found that at Jesus' feet. And I think that sometimes when we get frustrated, it's because 
we're overworked. We allow work to get in the way. We allow the pressures of life, marriage, business, all of these things. We allow it to get in the way. Bills. When Mm -hmm. bills get in the way, it's like, yeah, God, I I, I put you on a back burner. I need to sort out. I I need to figure out how I'm going to get my bills paid. But it's kind of like God is the beginning, the middle and the end. God knows you've got bills. So don't try and put him to the side because of that. He gets it. So sit down and talk with him. Walk through that process with him. And and I think that when we go back to the basics of God in everything, I, I involve God in everything. My wants, my needs, my desires, the pressures, the burdens. When I get God involved in those things again, then I begin to get the clarity that I need. So, you know, for, for mm. those who are feeling tired and pressured, like Jesus said, give me those, come unto me, those who are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Jesus you know gives what? you rest. I think, I think even on that, yeah, that's just a scripture that I think loads of us know. I think loads of people know that scripture, mm. but I think it's just about us actually deep in what it means and following exactly what the scripture says. Right, right. Because um, it's like, it's not, it's not, like, you know, there's some scriptures that many Christians just know and we always yeah. recite it. Do you know what I mean, yeah. like, that yeah. seems to be just one of those scriptures that we yeah. all know. Um, I think I think it really just comes down to us actually living by that scripture rather mm-hmm. than being quick to preach it, rather than being quick to scream it out, you know, to the rooftops, mm-hmm. but actually living, you know, living accordingly to what that scripture actually says. I mean, yeah. Christ is calling us to, you know, to 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 lay our burdens to Him. Then let's actually do it. Do you know what I mean, yeah. like, let's actually do it. Yeah, let's let's have those conversations with Him. Let's let's take it to Him in prayer and let's actually be practical about those things. And that's exactly what you mentioned before about being committed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about actually, yeah, sticking sticking out with this thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, to be committed to something, we need to continuously recycle this particular behavior. Mm-hmm. We need to continuously do this particular thing that we that we ought to be doing. So whether it's reading, whether it's praying, and, and just on that, if we obviously need rest, then yeah, we essentially should just continue be continuously knock on God's door and eventually we'll kind of get in that place where we get into a routine and obviously in, in being committed, we are actually getting in a routine of reading, getting into a routine of praying. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that's, that's like a, a, a real important thing. I think being committed is definitely a, a strong component of, of discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think another one as well is, is, is boundaries. And I think it's kind of, it, it might kind of link onto what Ora was saying in the very, very beginning. Um, I think boundaries is something that I definitely think we, we probably do need to implement, especially when, when talking about discipline and, and by boundaries is is setting boundaries within any sort of area, within any sort of aspect of our life to kind of stop us from falling out of a place of discipline. So if we are doing something, if we know that there are certain things that might deter us from the faith or that might take us away from reading or might take us away from, you know, praying, then we kind of do need to set those boundaries in place. Yeah, that's For true. example, <laughs> if if it is, if it is, Watching blue therapy, for example, yeah. might deter us from 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 reading the word. Then, yeah, we kind of need to put that boundary in place and say, "Cool, I'm not going to watch it." If it is, you know, um, smoking or, or or drinking or whatever it may be that might kind of lead us away from that place of discipline, then yeah, we kind of need to essentially put those boundaries in place to actually keep us on track, to actually keep us keep us disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, Aura, speak speak to us on on, on the boundaries, man. <laughs> I think it just depends on what it is that's taking your attention. For example, 
people we're talking about commitment people be like oh it's hard to be committed but then when you really deep it like a lot of us are committed to tv shows like mm-hmm. you will follow the mm-hmm. tv show from season one episode one all the way through to the very end so when we are if we're all truly honest with ourselves it's probably not a lack of commitment but a lack of desire to want to actually spend time with god you better speak or and i <laughs> and i think when that is the case then the only thing to do like you're saying is to physically remove the distractions that get in your way so if it's netflix unsubscribe cancel your subscription if delete that from your phone you know if it's mm-hmm. delete the app from your phone whatever it is that's um distracting us if we really really wanted to get rid of it unless it's actually an addiction but we kind of covered that in the last episode <laughs> if we really want to get rid of something like, it's not that hard. It's just that most of us probably don't want to if we're being honest with ourselves. And if that's the case, again, it goes back to what I was saying about being honest with God in your walk. With God, you can just be like, look, the honest, the honest truth is I don't desire this, but I want to desire it. And yeah. if the Holy Spirit can help you with that, that that would be my um, take from on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, pre- you're preaching to us right there. You're definitely preaching to us. I think a, a good word that I really like is desire. I think that's a really, really good word. And I think a lot of the times desire is often attached to emotion. And I mm-hmm. think where where we've got our emotion invested in things that seem fun, whether it's YouTube, Netflix, FIFA, COD, whatever it may be, we can easily have the desire to play or do or watch those things because we have a strong emotional connection to those particular things over scripture mm-hmm. um, or over the things of God. Um mm-hmm. Iman, for you, speak speak on that on that emotion and that, and that desire. How how can we? How do you think we can grow a stronger emotional connection with the things of God in the same manner that we have with with watching football or staying up to three a.m. to watch NBA, for example? But we won't stay up for night vigil. Like how how do we kind of be in a place where we can have that same sort of emotional connection to the things of God? Well, first things first is we have to we have to we have to recognize and understand that God is an actual living being. So when you, when you, when you treat God like some, like a robot and you think, you know, you you press a few buttons and then you get a response and you think that's how God is, then ultimately you won't get the best out of, out of your relationship. The same way for, for us who have spouses, we have to, (laughs) we talk to them. We have mm. conversations with them. We go out with them. All of those things. Why do we do that? We do it so we can build our relationships and get to know them mm. on deeper levels than than we than we have before. God is real. <laughs> Jesus is real. Holy Spirit is real, and they want that relationship with you. Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, so that you can that that relationship that you didn't have with God before, you can now have. So why? Why, loosely speaking, why waste Holy Spirit then? Why waste that 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 union that you can have with God? So first, understanding understanding and recognizing that God is real. God exists. The Bible says God is a spirit, and they that worship Him worship Him in spirit. And the second bit is what truth. So there has to be a truthfulness behind it. And we can do that by mm. one being real with being real with ourselves and being real with God according to His Word. What does God's Word say? An example, 2 Peter 3.18, it says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. You have to grow. Paul says that 
um, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and that we would grow in the revelation and the knowledge of him. So it's a day by day thing. And as you grow in the knowledge of him, you grow in your desire and your hunger. It's like, you know, like, you know, that um, there's certain things that they say you have to, have, it, they call it an acquired taste. You might not like it before, but you adjust your pat, pat, your your eating palate or your taste palate to to the to the to, to what you're being served, right? So some people don't like champagne, but after some time they go out with some friends, they have it here, they have it there, they try this one, they try that one, then their taste palate begins to adjust to it, and they can manage it, they can hack it. Mm. Gabs, you don't like you don't really like pounded yam. Some people <laughs> were in the same we're in the same boat. But after some time, they tried it, they, test, they tested it out, they kept on going, they tried smaller pieces, they adjusted. Some people, like myself, we hate Amala. I'm not ever uh, in my life going to give it a chance. But the point is that, the point I'm trying to make is that some people, they just gave it a chance. And so when you give it a chance and your, your taste buds adjust to it, then you begin to appreciate it for what it is. And I'm using practical examples to show us that this relationship with God is also a real thing like that. A real thing like that, sorry. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord mm. is good. You have Great. to be able to taste of him. And that's on a daily basis. Eat of, Jesus says, if you eat of me, you will never go hungry again. But what are we? what we're not doing is we're not eating of him. If you don't eat of him, mm. if you, and, and how do you eat of him? It's those moments in your personal time, your personal devotion saying, Lord, I'm here for you. I, mm. I want you to speak to me. I want you to, I want to receive from you today. What do you have for me today? Not my list of, you know, I need X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z done. But I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're saying. Teach me something today. Guide me today. Show me your truth today. And as you do it, you will grow in your desire for him. It will become stronger. And that's why the disciples, this is the last thing I'll say. That's why when Jesus said to his disciples, he said, if you want to, if, you, if you're truly my, my disciples, you'll pick up your cross and you'll follow me. If you want to, if you want to be yeah. this disciple for real, for real, you'll pick up your cross and follow me. And you know, one thing that people have never, one thing a lot of Christians don't recognize is that some of these, his, those disciples had families. Some of those disciples had businesses. Some of those disciples had That's things true. to care about. And Jesus yeah. says, you will pick up your cross and you will leave those things behind and you'll follow me. So when we talk about Christianity, People think oh, it's just easy. No, the first set of believers had to had to forsake so much, but they did it because they love Jesus. And that's not just because of a one-day thing. These people follow Jesus every single day. Some of them followed them as long as, as Jesus was doing his public ministry. Some people, they heard Jesus once, and that's when they said, okay, we're going to follow him around. So the point I'm trying to make is, it's just one day at, ta one day at a time, one step at a time. And as you do so, you will grow in your love for him as long as you're honest yeah. and earnest in your pursuit of God. Yeah, that's good. That's very, very good, bro. There's one thing There's one thing that you said that I picked up and it kind of got me thinking. Obviously, you mentioned about, you know, how we talk to our spouses and that sort of stuff. We take them out, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Or as for Ora's case, she gets taken out. <laughs> um, and, and, and these things, obviously, we do these things because we want to better our relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So ultimately, there's a goal, there's an end goal of why we are doing this, these things that we're doing, where we're obviously putting in work to obviously achieve a particular thing to reach an end goal. Mm -hmm. um, 
so it kind of makes me think, okay, cool. When it comes to the things of God, like, you know, getting in a word, praying, uh, uh, worshiping, all of these sort of things, we probably do need an, an, an end goal, which will kind of keep our focus, which will kind of keep us committed, which will kind of keep us going. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, yeah, we are putting in work and, and you know, what what is that end goal? Obviously, we know that ultimate end goal, you know, is getting to heaven. And we know another, another end goal is to, you know, make disciples and that sort of stuff. But what what can be that main goal for us here on earth, which is why we'll continue it, which is why we need to be disciplined to continue putting in that work? I think, sorry. Go, 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 go. go. I think, um, I don't know how to, I just think life with the Holy Spirit and with God is just so much sweeter. And I think that in and of itself is, I wouldn't say an end goal, but Mm. a constant goal. When, When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you're seeing ordinary moments become God moments and once once that happens you kind of just want more and you continue to want more and when you see how different life is with the Holy Spirit the the wins and the losses and the fact and and we all know as Christians life isn't always sweet that's just the honest truth but mm-hmm. even the losses are easier to bear because you know God and because we ultimately know that everything's for his glory. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, and I know that sounds like such a Christian thing to say, like, oh. No, no, it's good. Say it, say it, say it. But like, what is God's glory? Do you know? And because I, I recognize when someone is going through absolute rock bottom, it is really difficult to, to sit here and be like, well, it's all for God's glory. So that's why I'm trying not to sound like, oh, you know, everything is for God's glory. But it is the ultimate truth that the good moments are made even better because of the Holy Spirit and the bad moments are made less worse because of the Holy Spirit and I think that's the constant goal like that's the reason why you want to just keep coming back at least I find when I'm really in my bag with God and I'm fine and everything is just that's when I find that's that's kind of what I find is a good end goal for me personally that is that's really good well I I feel like my I'm not gonna preach I'm just I feel like the best answer that I can give is um is found in Philippians 3.10. And this, I think, is the perfect answer. The, the ultimate goal is to know him. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, 3 verse 10 to 14, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformable unto his death. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I... as not as though I had already attained either, were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And simply put, I know there was this, that was King James Version. So there was apprehended and apprehended and apprehended there. But a point that Paul was trying to make is that the essence of his walk is to know Jesus Christ. That is the essence of it all. How are we saved? John 3, 16. For God so loved the word, I gave his only son, bloody, bloody, blood, that whosoever believes the essence of our Christianity is believing in Jesus Christ so that yes we can have eternal life but most importantly that we can know God and we can know God in his fullness and so the ultimate Mm. essence of this all is so that we can know him 
It's not about what he can give you. It's not about how many souls were saved. It's not about how many times you prayed. It's not about how many exploits you did for the kingdom. Those, those, those are all good things. But the whole point for us as individuals is that you know Jesus Christ. Because that is, that is the best thing that you will ever be able to do or to be, ever be able to have in your lifetime. More than money, more than clout, more than marriage, more than friendship, more than real estate and property more than entertainment it's that knowing jesus that fulfills everything that's amazing and i think we can close right there i'm not even going to ask you for another scripture ah, me i'm not giving it scripture. <laughs> <laughs> i feel that's a perfect closure unless Ori you got something else to add no, not even at all <laughs> yeah I, I i think that's good i think that's a that's a great way to to round up this this first first episode of this discipline series guys thank you everyone for listening really do appreciate it for getting this far if you listened all the way now you're definitely a real one and we love and appreciate you so much continue supporting we love it every single time we see every one of your your mentions your tweets your insta posts we love it dearly uh, on to the next episodes see you later okay.